0: Can the Baltimore Ravens defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in the wild card round without Lamar Jackson? We talk about that preview the game and much more coming up next on this episode of locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens, why we are here as always on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day or free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well, and hit the like button also. But today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Bet Online is to cover this season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before Online where the game starts. We're back. It is Purple Friday, the first Purple Friday of the playoffs for the Ravens as they travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Here to talk about Lamar Jackson, that Bengals game, Roquan Smith, so much more. as more a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver with a Super Bowl champion on the side, of course, is Kadri Ismael and Q. This team right now, there, there are a lot of talking points. I know we're going to start off here with Lamar Jackson, the latest on his injury and his status, because he himself broke his silence and gave an update on his own accord.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy how things happen when you represent yourself, and whew, there's a certain narrative out there of whether or not you're healthy or not healthy, or working hard or not working hard. And bottom line comes down to it. Lamar kind of sent out the the facts on what he is he is looking at. Basically, he has a grade two, high grade two, uh, darn near grade three PCL tear. In his knee and because of the inflammation and everything, he's having a difficult time with the rehab process and he's just not going to be out there. He's not 100 percent. So he's not going to go ahead and try to put himself in harm's way. So, again, this is a new age as far as way uh, the media and player and fans and people communicate with one another. He's communicating that, look, I'm not playing. I'm hurt.
0: Yeah, so I'll read the whole status here. He says, thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injury. I want to give you all an update as I'm in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we have a chance with two purple heart emojis at the end there. So key, when, when this status first comes out from Lamar, he gives an update on the injury. He explains his stance. What, what were your overall thoughts when you first saw it?
1: So I think it was good to see his, uh, willingness to, to kind of squash things. I know that there have been people who are the Lamarites who really are so quick to just anything that anyone says that isn't favorable. they, quickly go into, oh, you hate Lamar mode. And it was good to show that, look, Lamar is legitimately injured. He is not going out there to practice because of the injury. And and that's that. Um, You know, we, we heard it from his mouth. I think for me, just hearing it, just it solidifies it. And I feel like, hey, now it's not necessarily time to move on, but it's time to recognize where he is at in this whole process. So, yeah, you can move forward from a team aspect of things, a fandom of like, all right, our star quarterback, he's dealing with some things with his knee. We understand that. Now let's go ahead and see whether it be Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown Jr. when it comes to the the, the football, on the football field play.
0: Right. And so to me, this was never about work ethic. It was never about skipping treatments or anything like that. To me, he is genuinely or he always was to me genuinely injured. I don't think he was skimping out. I, he just, he's not that type of person, first of all. And I think for him, this shows to me, I think, first of all, it was refreshing to see the transparency and also important. But I know, Q, the organization and John Harbaugh has drawn a lot of criticism over these past, what is it, 12 hours, 16 hours now since the statement came out about them not being completely transparent and the fact that Lamar had to pretty much do it when they did not do it. Are you upset or angry or anything at the organization right now because they did not put out this information that maybe they did know or maybe they didn't know here?
1: You know, the the one thing I think John Harbaugh over the years, he's... So Brian Billick, when... You look at him, he, he was really media savvy. Obviously, we had um, Hard Knocks come in and really show everything. He had his own TV show. He had his own radio show. Uh, and that was kind of like, you know, the connection with the fan base. And he even learned that from, I remember my time in, in, in Minnesota with the late uh, Denny Green as our head coach. He basically had his own uh, TV and radio show. And I think for John, as soon as he, you know, got some more cachet as far as, you know, his contract and his time in in Baltimore, he squashed, you know, doing anything with the with the um, uh, media or any shows for himself. He was like, "Look, I'm I'm all about football," which is cool. He won his Super Bowl, he got even more cachet, more clout, and he could dictate even more. Like, look, I'm not doing what you guys want me to do. With that said, obviously. There is no general manager that speaks. There is no owner that speaks within the the organization, meaning whether it been Ozzie, whether it now currently is Eric DaCosta and and clearly uh, Steve Bishotti until the season is over with. And that state of the Ravens press conference is where everybody gets to speak. So my point is, is that John is the face of the organization. I think there are times where, he comes off as really gruff. I think there are times where he comes off as standoffish. Obviously, some of his comments recently as far as like, yeah, that's talk for the end of the bar. You know, he he sometimes disconnects himself from the fan base and then he backtracks and, and tries to smooth it out. When it comes to injuries, we go back to Brashad Pyramid where we're looking for some, you know, first round receiver to really step up and play. And you have free agencies that, you know, where you have receivers come in and they've all played well and all that, but that homegrown talent, you're looking for that homegrown talent. And really uh, you hadn't had that, that, that true homegrown talent. Closest you've gotten to it is Torrey Smith, but that first round guy hasn't happened. That being said, he took a lot of heat from the fan base and all that. And he went, you know, kind of Bill Belichick mode. Like, ah, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. And that's it. Well, now he's kind of like in that wishy-washy, you know, he'll tell you, but then there's other times I don't want to talk about it. And he'll be really short in his, his press conferences. And I think, you know, for what Lamar, you know, is doing and, and all of that, if he would have just come out and been like, look, here, here's the situation, you know, I don't, I don't, don't, well, I guess I don't understand. So a high grade two, low three strain, the MRI should have shown that. And I'm wondering why they were so quick to say one to three weeks, which is a mild, um, you know, grade one MCL or not MCL, but a PCL sprain. So, I'm, I'm, I guess that's where my confusion is, and I'm, I'm glad that you know you had the transparency that Lamar showed, but I wish, you know, John and 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 company. I mean, this isn't you know just with Lamar. This, like I said, has been going on for years.
0: Right. I think you go back to Ronnie Stanley and what his whole situation was, and I think for Baltimore, the fact that the Ravens didn't release pretty much any information about this. I think that allowed narratives to be formed surrounding Lamar Jackson. And that's not the, you know, those happen. I'm not saying that necessarily is the fault of the organization, but at the same time, I still wish they would have been a bit more transparent about the whole thing, because there were other reports. There were other timelines coming out from ESPN and from NFL network that, you know, stuff that they were getting from who knows where, but over time narratives formed about Lamar about, well, he's not working hard. He is skipping those treatments. He's not, he doesn't want to be back on the field because he does, he's, he's being lazy again. That's not who Lamar is. And those narratives were formed over the past six weeks. So if the Ravens is said, Hey, you know, we're not necessarily sure if he's going to return this year, maybe, maybe not. There's this whole thing with the Ravens about, I guess, competitive advantage where they're trying to not necessarily show their hand and saying, well, Lamar could be back this week, but then they throw out Tyler Huntley or they throw out Anthony Brown. They're saying, well, now you got to prepare for Lamar, but he's not the one on the field. So how much did you prepare for our backup? So I don't, I wish there was a bit more transparency, but I do, you know, there was the Bashad Pearman incident back all those years ago where the Ravens pretty much said, yeah, he'll be back in a few days. And then he missed the whole year. So they, they don't want to necessarily be like, yeah, he's definitely going to be back by week 17 or week 18. But there was a lot of back and forth where there was just not any information given out. And now we're at the point where Lamar took it upon himself to go out there and pretty much just dive into his own status right there. But key with the injury, it, Lamar said in this status that he did have the pretty much PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three what is his road to recovery now? Is it surgery? Is it continuous rehab? What do you recommend for Lamar right now with the severity of the injury?
1: Well, I mean, I, I had a, a high grade two um, MCL sprain. So if this is your knee, basically the inside where my thumb is, is called your medial side. Outside is your lateral side. The front part of your knee is the anterior, the backside is your posterior. And so now you have your MCL, well, I should, yeah, your MCL, your LCL, your lateral or outside, and then there's this X that forms. And then the front is the ACL. And in the back, there's the PCL. So that ligament in the back, that PCL is what's torn. Now, when you have ligaments, and obviously that a uh, connective tissue forms. It's a different kind of a, uh, uh, myofiber. Um, and so basically what happens, a tear is this is where it's together and it, it's, it's, it's elastic enough, but then it gets stretched. That's like a grade one tear. So it got stretched and then the healing will take place and it'll kind of get formed back together. And it's good. But When that thing is a grade two, it's like, wow, that's significant. Grade three is when it's torn and there's no connection there. I think for him and what basically uh, most orthopedic people will tell you is that a PCL you can do without surgery, but you're going to have to, you know, rehab the heck out of it. And some guys, a lot of guys, have played with PCL injuries, but they weren't quite as dynamic. Uh, as Lamar so when you're a dynamic runner and mover you're used to you know just these 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 uh, multifaceted positions and angles and of your joints and you're able to hold up to those loads well that's good but when you have a, a sprain the likes of a PCL and, and now I' who it, it kind of clicks or whatever and, it, and that clicking is either a micro tear or it could be the, adhesions that are forming to help heal breaking off. And so that action causes pain. And now you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and run. (laughs) Not not the way I want to. Um, Obviously wearing a brace, you know, there's that possibility. Uh, So there's some factors there that, you know, he could he could do. But then he is Lamar Jackson and he wants to be dynamic and be able to move like he knows he's capable of doing without further injuring himself. So lots there uh, rehab wise. We're not privy to what he is doing and the protocols that they're putting forth. I know for me and what I do from a sports performance aspect of things and, and how I rehab, there's some aggressive treatments that I do, but um, yeah, I think the Ravens, they have the the wherewithal to do those treatments. It's whether or not they are actually, you know, helping him and, that's the conversation he has to have between him, the uh, therapy, and and the team doctor. So lots there, but uh, Lamar is in a tough situation.
0: Right. And for him, obviously the most important part is getting a hundred percent back and making sure there aren't any other complications later on down the road throughout his career for his sake, you know, not for the Ravens, you know, for, for his sake, first of all, for his personal sake. So I think, you know, he sent, he sent a message here, you know, a clear message that says he wants to be back out. He wants to be competing, but his knee is just not there yet. And he's not going to risk that for him and him being out there. You know, I think Lamar, it 70% gives you a Probably a better shot than Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown, but for him, he wants to be one hundred percent. I think, and I think let
1: me let me even couch that when you say one hundred percent, because there's no one hundred percent. What it is, it's it's the knee being sound, and so you you can't say you know a percentage. Like your body goes through fatigue, and your body goes through you know the the damage of the the compounding hits. And, and and the the maximum velocity and, you know, jogging back to the huddle, walking back to the huddle, whatever it might be, that's that's the wear and tear that you can say 70%. When you're talking about an injury, you know, 70%, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to be 100%. I'm trying to be out there. And that's where Ronnie Stanley, for example, like hit, that was like, I'm, if I go out there, I'm going to risk further injury, let me shut it down. And he had other um, surgeries to rehab himself and get fully, fully ready and, and do his thing. J.K. Dobbins, another example of, hey, man, I want to be out there. I want to be out there. He's pushing himself, pushing himself. Um, he did go out there. But then what happened? He still had some issues with his knee. And they went in and they cleaned it up. And what did he say? Well, the surgeon, when they went in to clean up the scar tissue, that blast that was formed, that scar tissue was so incredibly uh, rigid that it darn near broke the tool that they were using. So, you know, everybody's body is different. Um, nutrition comes into play. You know, all those things, your rest, your recycling, your, your body's energy, all of those things come into play when it comes to getting back out there on the field. But, you know, I just want to be clear, like 70%... There's a difference between 70% and a healed body part.
0: Right. And in terms of percentages, also, no one's hundred percent right now with how late we are in the season with all the buildup and everything. But there is, you're right, healing is different than actual percentages at, at this point in everything in the recovery. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving into a bit of if the Ravens can win without Lamar Jackson on wild card weekend. So be sure to stay tuned, still lots to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. But first This episode is sponsored by LinkedIn. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. And I've had LinkedIn Jobs help me with a ton of things throughout my life. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and the rate 100 million member profiles put your post in front of the most qualified candidates identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform and you want to achieve plenty of goals in 2023 it's the new year and the right team member can definitely help you do that that's why small businesses rate leading jobs number one delivering quality hires leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs, helps you finally qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And this episode is sponsored by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you have to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know for my New Year's resolution, I want to eat a little healthier this year. So if you are like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then I have got the thing for you in Built Bar. So Built Healthy is actually tasty. They are so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good is, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in great flavors. You have churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And so many more. They only have 130 calories, and also four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So you can head over to Walmart or Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can thank me later. Built bars are incredible. So be sure to head over, grab built bars today. You will not regret it. We're back here with our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with Kadri, Ismail, and Q with Lamar putting out his status and obviously probably not playing in this game. He didn't practice for the second straight day on Thursday. Pretty safe to say he's not going to be out there. The question becomes now it shifts because the Ravens have a game to play. They're in the playoffs. They play against the Cincinnati Bengals. Q, do you think that the Ravens have any chance to win without Lamar Jackson on the field on Sunday
1: night? Uh, This is the NFL. And so any given Sunday, um, let's be real. Yeah, they can, they have a chance to win for sure. Uh are the percentages in their favor, that's the thing, because all hands on deck. What is all hands on deck? Well, you clearly drafted guys, you got certain guys that are first team, certain guys that are not. Um, it, it, it might be a, a small slither between the first and second team guy, but that's the reason why he's out there and the other guy is sitting on the bench. Well, Injuries happen, and now all of a sudden you're hoping that a Brock Purdy scenario happens where you got a guy that just knows your offense, fits your offense, goes out there, does his thing, and off you go. I think what we saw from you know the from a playoff aspect of things in Tyler Huntley. Obviously, the Bills game and which Lamar had went down with a concussion. Boom, his head hits the back of the uh back of his head hits the turf and he goes out, and here comes Tyler Huntley. Now, it was interesting because Tyler didn't have an issue with his sh- throwing shoulder, and he was able to go out there and sling the ball around and, and throw it deep and all that. For whatever the reason, Tyler's having that issue, and, and he's not able to get the ball and advance it down the football field uh, very well. Uh, Anthony Brown we saw in um, the rec- regular last regular season game against Cincinnati where he just, you know, for whatever the reason, you know, the bright lights, it, it it regular season play versus you know going out there in the preseason, big difference. What am I looking at when I see this team? I see a team that is very good, extremely good when it comes to the other two phases. And can those other two phases help and pull up the uh, slack for what is lacking in that offensive phase? Defense, no question about them, dudes. They're going to come ready to play. and They'll be all right. Special teams absolutely go toe-to-toe with anybody in the league. But when it comes to it, that running game, there's going to be so much pressure to be on schedule. You can't have any negative plays. And when it comes to hitting your targets, you've got to be on point. And guys are going to have to just play outside the box and and, and make the, the contested catches. And, and And their catch radius has to be on point. Um, that that's, that's the bottom line. So can it happen? Absolutely. Um, but the, but the, the likelihood is, is where it's, it's the challenge.
0: Yeah. And part of that is who was going to be behind center. Tyler Huntley was able to do some stuff in practice on Thursday. So we'll see if he's the guy, but Q, the topic of my yesterday's show for Lockdown Ravens was should the Ravens start Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley in the event that Lamar can't play. So with it looking like Lamar's not going to be out there, obviously, Who's your choice? Would you go with the experience of Tyler Huntley, or would you go with maybe the the more arm strength and maybe even potential of Anthony Brown?
1: <sighs> I, I gotta go with Tyler, uh, you know, and, and and then if something goes wrong, then obviously, you know, go ahead with Anthony Brown. But see again from a coy aspect of things, and and clandestine, we don't know just how bad, you know, Tyler Huntley's shoulder is feeling, so. I could be sitting there and say, oh, go to Tyler. He can't throw the ball on a deep comeback to the wide side of the field. If that's the case, throw in Anthony Brown in there and give us a chance. Um, Either way, both team or both quarterbacks are going to have to be judicious with the football and make sure you're not trying to be sloppy and just give it away.
0: And, And that's what it is, because four turnovers against Cincinnati in week 18. Baltimore loses that game by 11 points if you cut one of those like if you take away the fumble in the end zone that was a touchdown for the Bengals if you take away one of those interceptions that gave the defense a short field position maybe the Ravens either make that a game or win that game without Lamar Jackson so there's a lot to be said about which quarterback is out there but regardless of which one it is Q, if either of them goes out there and beats Cincinnati on Sunday night they are a Baltimore legend forever there is no question about it they they would cement their Baltimore legacy right there with a huge playoff win against a divisional opponent but With that being said, you mentioned the other phases defense, special teams, even the run game. Which one of those three is the most important outside of obviously whether the quarterbacks can respond to whoever's out there?
1: Well, I guess if we're going to put them in order, I I would say clearly defense, um, then the running game, and obviously Justin Tucker and uh, Jordan Stout for the final roundup with the special teams because. You know, look, defense. If, if you're keeping it close and you're in the game, and then you take the ball, you're marching it down the field like they did with the ten play, seventy six yard um, drive and a touchdown. You had a few of those. Well, that means you're running the ball well, and and that means that defense is giving you, you know, a short field uh, once or twice. Red zone offense has to be like. Like the best red zone offense that you have had, and you've had your worst red zone offense in the Lamar Jackson era. So that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, the D, it's going to be huge because again, this Bengals offense is one where you're not necessarily going to stop it and say, "Hey, you're not scoring any points this game." They're going to get theirs. Joe Burrow's going to hit Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and, and maybe Joe Mason rips off a couple of big runs here. Although the Bengals run offense did not do much on in Week 18 against the Ravens run defense. But I still think that with guys out there like Marlon Humphrey and Roquan Smith and and Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams and all these players, they can if they can hold the Bengals to 20 points, 23 points, which is a tough ask for any team against that Cincinnati offense, maybe Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown could pull it off. But you have to get there because, again, we just haven't seen enough from the offense led by Tyler Huntley or even led by Anthony Brown to say, yeah, if the Bengals put up 30, they can put up 33 because we just – we haven't seen – we're getting the 13-point games, the 16-point games. We're, we're on that spectrum, not the 30-point, 40-point spectrum there. So I think, you part of it – I want to stick with the Ravens' defense for a, a question here because I think for the Ravens you have to be able to stifle Joe Burrow in the passing offense. I think the Ravens' run defense will be fine. They're a top-three unit this year. The Bengals' rush offense has not been great. Maybe they rip off a couple of big runs – but how important is it for them to at least make Joe Burrow uncomfortable, which I think we did see a little bit on Sunday in week 18.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think up front, <clears throat> that's a game changer right there. You know, putting pr- uh, pressure on Joe Burrow, you know, what is it is his left guard or right guard that went down. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So lineman wise, they're, they're hurting. They're not, you know, in a good spot right now. Uh, Lael Collins, he went down earlier in the year. Uh, the slipperiness of Joe Burrow came out against uh, the Ravens in in the final week of the season, that's going to be a concern. You got to make sure if you got contained and setting the edge, you better call upon your inner Jarrett Johnson and set that edge and make sure that there's no way that he's getting outside the pocket. I mean, that's, 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 that's a killer. You know, you, you, you contain a guy and then all of a sudden he slips out, you know, that that's not good. So, Bottom line is, is that defensively, oh, my goodness. You know, the Roquan Smith effect is not a myth. That That's a reality. The thing is, it's, it's interesting because you do see where, you know, I want to see a Justin Houston, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, those guys, those names have been really quiet lately, last couple of weeks, plural. Um, we know Dafe Owe really, you know, I'm not saying he's the B word yet, but, you know, for what – talent and 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 his work ethic and all that it, the numbers just they weren't they weren't there this year. So, you know, whatever that is, I just think that we need to see some one-on-one matchups where you can just whoop a guy and, and go get Joe Burrow. Uh force force it to happen. Um I love David Ajabo and what he did is coming off the edge and all that, but even, even that was kind of like a whoop Joe Burrow slipped through a sack and then oh, then he got hit. You know, I'm trying to see you know, let, let let's get him down early in in the uh, in the down. That that's something that would uh, would benefit the Ravens.
0: Yeah, pass rush is is huge, and so for Houston, Pierre Paul, Oway, although and for OA in particular, I, I give guys three years before I, I say the B word, which is bust. But I do think for what the Ravens have, they they can do it. But it's just been where is it gone? Like for what they did early in the year with how the pass rush looked, where has that gone? They they will need that. On Sunday, absolutely. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be talking a bit about Roquan's Smith's extension, getting to a couple of mailbag questions, both for this game and the future, and our final prediction. So be sure to stay tuned. So, a lot to talk about on Locked On Ravens. But first, today's episode of Locked On Ravens is presented by Bet Online and BetOnline.net, Asian Unborn Source, for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest styles and for every professional amateur league out there. You have pro football in the playoffs, you have the NBA right now. They've got it all over at Betaline.net. I'm a Denver Nuggets guy. So I head over there, look at some Denver Nuggets props and odds. And if you have a sports podcasts, you can find those at better as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head over the website, and use a mobile device to learn more about online, where the game starts. We return. It's our final seven of locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher still here with Kadri Ismail and Q. There's been plenty of big news this week for the Ravens. And one of those big news pieces was Roquan Smith, five years, a hundred million dollars. He's staying in Baltimore. I think this was a move – I loved it personally. I think you mentioned the Roquan Smith effect elevating the defense, and he has certainly – the Ravens have three effects, the Lamar Jackson effect on offense, the Roquan Smith effect on defense, and the Justin Tucker effect on special teams. But what did you think of the Roquan Smith extension?
1: I just thought it was perfect. Uh, The leadership, the experience, the the, the high football IQ, um, the way in which he – for himself negotiated it and got it done you know going in on a tuesday (laughs) that just is impressive uh you know just how he was like look i'm I'm handling my business and he was appreciative of the fact that edc was wanting him so hey I'm, i'm at a place where i'm wanted so i know i could go out there on the market but uh you know we're we're talking and and getting things worked out and 45 million guaranteed later 100 million bam he's locked in he's ready to go and i think you know both sh- both sides should be commended for you know making this thing happen
0: yeah and it just seems like he has truly embodied what a Raven is he has bought into the culture and not even that's not even talking about his on-field effect and what he's done for this defense there are plenty of stats that have been thrown out there about the befores and afters with Roquan Smith's acquisition so a second and a fifth rounder somehow is looking like a steal for what you got in the player the much like Marcus Boyman for five years 70 million That, that even looks like a steal at this point for the defense but Q a couple of mailbag questions we have one from Dr. Sir, who wants a bold prediction for a specific player to win the Ravens at this game. He says he has J.K. Dobbins goal for 150 plus and also could see a little pick six action out of someone like Marcus Williams, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, even Chuck Clark. So wh- what's a bold prediction for any specific player offensively or defense or even special teams, any three phase to win this game for the Ravens? Who you got?
1: Bold prediction. I think uh, Isaiah likely backs up his performance. Um, I think, um, Morgan Moses has a bounce back game and nullifies Hendrickson, which is tough, but nullifies him and bowl prediction red zone. They go, uh, three for three. Wow. Three opportunities, three scores in a red zone.
0: That is that is bold, bold, because we have not – the Ravens have been 1 for 3, 1 for 2, 1 for four, oh for 2. So we haven't seen them get double-digit red zone successful conversions for a while. Getting 3 for 3 in the red zone is putting you in a good spot regardless of how much Cincinnati puts up.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that's where – I mean, that's just the red zone. So you know Justin Tucker, I mean, he can get outside the red zone too. So you're also factoring those things in and possibly – we might finally see our guy, J.K., go 40, you know? If it's inside 40, he can he can make it happen. So 37-yard touchdown jaunt would certainly help out as well. And uh, I think it's time for Fruit Punch to, to do his thing again. And Jamar Chase has had his way. Bam, punch a ball out real quick, fast, in a hurry. Get a nice scoop and score by, I would say, Tyus Bowser.
0: All right. I, I You know, I like the pick six that Dr. Sir put out here. I'm going to say Marcus Peters pick six. We haven't seen it in a while. I love seeing it back when he, was, when he was acquired back in 2019. I'm going to say this is the week. Maybe we see a Marcus Peters pick six. I, I would love to see it personally, but we also have another question here. Q comes from Jay Magnifico who says with the lack of threats at wide receiver, who could be the best option for the Ravens to sign in or trade for come next season? Well, I know we, we still got the playoff game first of all, but if, if we had to do early, early targets, I like Deandre Hopkins a lot that that's maybe my number one guy. Cause right now, You don't have Rashad Bateman. You don't have Devin Duvernay. If they had a player like that, like a DeAndre Hopkins, a Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver market, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, I think Jacoby Myers is a free agent. Those are some of the guys. But I think my number one would be be DeAndre Hopkins, if you can make it work.
1: Okay, I'll play along. DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) That's it.
0: That's it? That's it?
1: (laughs) Listen, bro, like, we got this game coming up. And and people, and we got we got a couple of our colleagues, they love offseason fodder and going back and forth and all of who might win where and how. I'm like, what have you done now? So the off-season is for the off-season right now. Hey, maybe next week we can dive into it, throw out a couple of receivers' names, and go from there. But for right now. I'm just loving life, and I'm hoping that a receiver on this current roster can not step out of bounds to make a play.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully a couple of Sammy Watkins deep connections like we saw, but maybe offseason running back target, Devonta Freeman. You, you like the sound of that? Is is that good for you? Bring him back?
1: <laughs> Mother of pearl, we ain't even thinking about that.
0: <laughs> they, they got Gus Edwards back in practice on Thursday. That's a good sign. Hopefully he'll be back for Sunday. Yeah. But all right, Q, Final predictions. We are here. This is a big matchup. The Ravens got week five. The Bengals got week 18. this is the rubber match, and it's for all the marbles. Do the Ravens win on Sunday night and advance to the division round?
1: Well, if I say in reverse, I would look at it as no. Because the reverse jinx, we're implementing it playoff style. All right. Say the Ravens get whooped 33-13.
0: Is there any merit besides that? Just the reverse jinx? Or do do you have other reasons behind it?
1: I think, unfortunately, they have too much firepower. I think when it comes to whomever is playing quarterback, they're going to be making some mistakes. Short fields is not what we want, but that's going to happen. And because of those short fields, I think that uh, the Bengals take advantage of it. and The Bengals win.
0: You know, I think when when we talked, especially earlier in the season, we were having the conversations of when do things become trends and when are they outliers? We have had a full season. The season is over. We are in the playoffs. Trends are trends right now. There's no arguing it. The trends that we've seen from this Ravens offense, and even, you know, post Lamar Jackson. We talked about the red zone. Hopefully your bull prediction comes true, but they've been one of the worst red zone offenses this year, and you cannot put up. You can't, you can't have field goals in the red zone against the Bengals. It's not going to win you the game. So you have to be better there, but we haven't seen it. Have we seen the Ravens offense put up 30 point games with Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown? We haven't seen it. So for me, I think if the Ravens had Lamar Jackson, obviously I know that's an if scenario, which is not going to happen because obviously the status came out and he's not going to play as well. 99%. I won't, I won't say hundred until he's ruled out, but. Again, not looking. If
1: he comes back, hallelujah, but it ain't happening.
0: It's like he's running out of the tunnel against Cleveland a couple of years ago. (laughs) Going to be the savior, which, again, probably not. So, for me, if they had Lamar, I would have picked them to win by three, but I'm assuming they will not based off everything we've heard over these past 24, 48 hours. So, I'm going to say they lose by 10. I'm going to say this is final a 27 to 17. So just one point off week 18 score, 27, 17 Bengals. But again, hopefully we're wrong. You know, I want the Ravens to win this game. I, I hope that they can. I hope the defense steps up. I hope whoever plays quarterback for them is able to make some things happen. The running game, special teams, but for now without Lamar, I'm going to pick Bengals 27 to 17. That's all I have for you here today. Thank you so much for hopping on. Hopefully next week, we are talking divisional round matchup, but if we are talking off season, I'm still expecting great conversations, and we'll hope that this team is able to at least pull out or put up some sort of competition against the Bengals and, again, hopefully win that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think if I was going to give a score for the Ravens' favor, it would be 17-13, and by miracle, the the defense, they have one heck of a game, and as you said, all those creative turnovers. Um, But yet at the same time, yeah, this has been fun as far as you know, regular season, and obviously, here comes the playoffs. Let's see what happens.
0: Yep, yeah, we got playoff football action coming up here. So, Ravens and Bengals, Sunday night on Sunday Night Football in the Wild Card Weekend. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in here when we get back here on hopefully what will be Sunday night for our first ever Locked On Ravens live stream show. We'll be talking about everything that happened in that Ravens and Bengals game. And then obviously have our normal scheduled Monday episode after that. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Now we'll see you back here after that Ravens and Bengals matchup.